In this series on biblical justice so far, we've talked about the foundations for biblical justice, how it's unique among other secular ideas about justice, which there's a lot of talk in the world about right now. Biblical justice is unique because it comes from God's heart. It's eternal, doesn't change with culture. And it's, uh, it's only revealed to us in the pages of scripture. It's unique because it's biblical. And Alex showed us last week how biblical justice always finds its focal point in the cross of Jesus Christ. If biblical justice is about how God came to make things right, the cross is always the centerpiece of biblical justice, where God came to make things right in Jesus. This week we're turning our eyes to us, the church. What is our task? What does God want us to do in cooperation with his biblical justice? And this sermon is is called A Just Church for an Unjust World. I quite like that title that we came up with. I think it communicates some really important things, that the world is unjust. The world lacks justice, and the world needs justice. And the church has been sent to bring it. The just church has been given for an unjust world. So the world needs justice, and God's church has it. God has sent the church to bring it. So this morning, I want to speak and I want to look at the scriptures with you about how we can be a just church, how we can go about doing and bringing God's justice in the world. And if you're thinking already, uh, we're going to be talking about social justice. This is a slide into liberalism and abandoning the gospel. Uh, I want to uh, encourage you to Remember what church you're in, (laughs) listen to the last two sermons, remember that we're looking at the scriptures and we're about Jesus in this church always. Uh, And if the term social justice triggers you, call it something else. I don't care. Call it biblical justice in the social sphere, whatever you want. We need to look at the scriptures and see what we as God's church are called to do in engaging with an unjust world. That's important for us to hold on to. Because this is what we are called to. The world needs this. Inside every human heart, in every culture, there's an an inherent need for justice. That the world is crying out that something is wrong and needs to be made right. And we know the God who has come to make things right. We know and we have what the world longs for desperately. God, in his love, has sent Jesus Christ into the world to die for the sins of the world, and then he sends us. His work of salvation is not finished. His work of bringing justice is not yet completed. He sends us to cooperate with Jesus' work. This is why the church is here. God has established and sent his church into the world to point towards Jesus and what he's done to proclaim the kingdom of God just as Jesus did and to cooperate with God as he works to bring real justice. Something that the world desperately needs and we have it. We've been given this gift of salvation through grace that comes only from God, that he has worked to make things right and we have an obligation to bring this to the world that needs it. We cannot hide it or keep it from ourselves. But so often, that's what we're inclined to do. 
to neglect the works of justice. And sometimes, tragically, to be complicit with injustice. The church has a pretty bad track record in some places and in some times throughout history. That we've been complicit with injustice rather than bearing witness to God's justice. And our failure to do that, our failure to bring God's justice, is driving people away from the church rather than bringing them into it. There's a trend right now of young people especially who are looking at the church and saying that they're not doing what Jesus told them to do. They're not doing and caring about justice. And they're leaving the church in order to lead more just lives. And that's a tragedy. And it's a tragedy that the world doesn't know and see that the church cares about injustice. And the world, because of that, doesn't know the gospel. So it's important for us to know what God's heart is, what biblical justice is, and respond faithfully to our call to be a part of it. The world needs the justice that God brings, and it's our call to bring it. So what does a biblically just church look like? It looks like the kingdom of God engaging with an unjust world. The kingdom of God that Jesus proclaimed and taught about. He talked about the kingdom of God more than anything else in his time on earth. This kingdom that he has brought into the world is engaging and standing up to an unjust world so that it can transform it. The kingdom of God, let's define our terms a little bit. This is the reign and the authority and the peace of God that has come to us in Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross and was raised to everlasting life to inaugurate the kingdom of God in you and in me and in this world. And the kingdom of God is invading this world with the church on the front lines. So a biblically just church belongs to the kingdom of God And it's part of that invasion, cooperating with God's work to make things right. So a biblically just church will look like the kingdom of God as it engages with an unjust, sinful, and evil world. The kingdom of God brings God's peace, brings God's shalom, that Hebrew word that's much deeper than our conception of peace, but means Uh, rest and love and fulfillment and flourishing in every way. God's shalom is interacting with this world and clashing with the violence and the conflict and the stubborn and evil hearts of this world. When we represent the kingdom of God and God's peace, that's going to mean something for us as we engage with the world's conflicts. The kingdom of God is about life and human flourishing, and human dignity, because every human is made in the image of God. So as the kingdom of God is coming into this world, it conflicts with the world that would dehumanize people, that would trample on people, that would marginalize people. The kingdom of God proclaims the dignity of life at every stage, the value of human life in every place, the equality of every person, regardless of who they are, 
The kingdom of God proclaims this, and it's in conflict with what the world would rather say about who humans are. The kingdom of God is in conflict with this world. Because this world, we know, has been corrupted on every level by sin. From nations and cultures and institutions and communities down to the depths of every human heart, sin has corrupted God's good world. A just church is working with the kingdom of God, proclaiming it to address those wrongs, to proclaim a more beautiful kingdom, and to point towards what Jesus has done for that. And this is going to set us in conflict with the world. This is what Jesus told us. That it means sometimes that if we're on the side of life, it means that we advocate for the dignity of all life, whether for the unborn or for the poor or for the immigrant or the marginalized or the disabled, the oppressed, wherever we might find them. We are on God's side to lift them up and to recognize their dignity and to serve them. The kingdom of God and a just church will call out injustice where we see it. Will call out evil where it exists in the world. And we'll point towards Jesus and the better kingdom that he brings. A just church represents the kingdom of God to this unjust world. Or as Jesus said, that we are the salt and the light of the world. Our gospel reading in Matthew chapter 5 says just that. And I invite you to turn in your Bibles to that. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. This is a part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is three chapters in the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7. It's a famous sermon in which Jesus speaks about what the kingdom of God looks like, what life in the kingdom of God looks like. And these verses here speak about the distinctive and unique witness of the church and the effect that it should have on the world. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. A weird metaphor, uh, to be honest. Uh, We are salt of the earth. What does salt do? Salt has a preservative effect. It, It slows the process of decaying and rotting of our foods. And before refrigeration, salt was used to preserve a lot of things, especially meat. But it also gives flavor to our food. You know, almost every culture has used salt to flavor their food and to make it more pleasant. Uh, Maybe except for the English, who don't like flavorful food. But the salt of the earth, to be the salt of the earth, means that we are to play a role in in slowing the process of decay and the rot of an unjust and evil world, and also to flavor it, to make it more beautiful, to make it a more pleasant place. But Jesus says salt is only useful if it keeps its saltiness, its distinct flavor, and its distinct properties. Unsalty salt has no value at all, and it can't be made salty again. We are called to retain our distinctiveness from the world so that we can bless the world. We, the church of Jesus Christ, need to be salty so that the world might be blessed 
and saved. Christian saltiness is what Jesus speaks about in the Sermon on the Mount. If you want to dive into that, read those three chapters of Matthew. The kingdom character that Jesus calls for is our saltiness that is to be given for the sake of the world. Jesus goes on and says, we are the light of the world. The light of the world. But Jesus says elsewhere that he is the light of the world. Gospel of John says that the light has shone in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the light of the world first, but then he passes along that role to his church, to us. So what does light do? Light shines into the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Light scatters the darkness, and it exposes that which the darkness has been hiding. And Jesus says to us that a light that's hidden under a bushel, a light that's hidden from the world, is of no use to the world. So let your light shine, he says. Let the world see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Light shines into darkness. If we are to be the light in the world, we need to be going into the darkness and shining God's light. Part of our job is to shine light on injustice and evil, to expose it, to name it, to call it out for the evil that it is, and call people to repentance and to turn to Jesus. If we neglect this, If we hide our light, we're useless to the world. And we're undermining the very purpose for which we've been sent. A just church that's to be the light of the world needs to call out evil and injustice wherever it's found. It means anything that dehumanizes people, anything that robs or undermines human dignity, anything that stands as an affront to God's holiness and his love for the world is a work of evil that needs to be called out, needs to be stood up against, and needs us to point them towards a more beautiful kingdom. Because unless injustice is called out and named, we can't actually move towards justice and peace. We are called to be salt and light for the sake of this world. This is about our influence for good, our influence for justice, our influence for the kingdom of God for the sake of this world. This is something that we have that the world desperately needs, and it should not be hidden. It should not be uh, kept from the world, because the world needs a just church, and this is what God has sent us for. And when we look at the injustices around us, we look at our world, and the injustices and the evil feels overwhelming. You can hide, you can retreat from the world and ignore all the injustices and watch the world go to hell, but that's not what we've been sent for. There are so many injustices, even in our nation, even in our communities. Just this last week, we hear about the forced sterilization of migrant women in detention camps. That is evil. That's not pro-life. 
This past summer, we've heard about the incredible injustices of systemic racism that our African-American neighbors have been experiencing for decades, for centuries. Every day and every year, we hear about the thousands and tens of thousands of babies that are aborted. People made in the image of God that are killed, most often for the sake of someone else's convenience. We see and witness corruption among our leaders on every side. There's now softcore children's pornography on Netflix. There's so much evil in this world. There's so much injustice that needs to be addressed. It can feel overwhelming for us, and I can't keep going and listing them all for you, or it'll be too depressing, and I won't make it through the rest of the sermon. But the question is, how are we to be salt and light in the world among all these issues? And I'm not here to tell you how to think about every issue. I'm never going to tell you how you should vote. And any Christian leader or preacher who says you can't be a faithful Christian and vote for X is going beyond the scope of their biblical authority. But we are here to teach what Scripture says, to teach what biblical justice is, and to help you think Christianly about these issues, to help you address these issues by thinking with a gospel-shaped mind. And we need this because Many of us, sadly, have allowed ourselves to be taught and trained and, dare I say, manipulated by our partisan politics in this age. Many of us have allowed our political ideologies and partisanship to train us how to think about these issues. And it's easy to say, to point towards injustices on the other side and say, look at that evil, look at what they're doing And when there's injustice on our side, to push it under the rug or ignore it. That is not what Christians are called to do. Because our political parties, our media that trains us to look at these issues in a particular way, they're not concerned about aligning themselves with the kingdom of God like we are to be. We, Christians, the church, are called to show a better witness, a better kingdom of God's justice that's coming into this world. And it does not align well with any political party. Injustice can be overwhelming. To turn on the news, to see everything around us, to see a lot of solutions proposed that aren't doing anything. And we need to ask, how can I, how can we as the church Be God's salt and light for the sake of the world in the midst of all of this. To face the the weight of injustice, I want to turn to one line in our psalm reading as a guide for us. Psalm 37, verse 3, simply says this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Do you hear in that sentence, there's a a tension. Trust in the Lord. Trust that he's going to do it. Trust that he's going to bring justice, that he's going to make things right, because only he can. But do good. Do good where we can, where we are. 
within our spheres of influence, we are to do good for the sake of the kingdom of God. That means do good in your workplace. Do good in your neighborhood. Do good in your family. To volunteer. To give money. To raise awareness. To build relationships with the vulnerable and the marginalized and the oppressed. So you can serve them. To do good within our spheres of influence in a democracy often means we write to our representatives, our elected leaders. And we hold them accountable, not only to the promises that they've made, but we hold them accountable to what real justice really is. Trust in the Lord and do good. And I want to encourage you in the face of all the overwhelming issues to ask the Lord to focus your heart on one thing, on one issue that that breaks your heart and you know breaks God's heart. Ask him to focus you to to look at one issue and to set about doing good and working for God's justice in it. And when you are focusing on one issue, you know that your brother or sister in Christ is focusing on another issue. Someone else is on another issue. And the whole body of Christ with many different members to serve many different purposes is spread throughout the whole world addressing every injustice, working to right every wrong, and bringing God's justice and the kingdom in every place. You don't have to do it all by yourself. You can't do it all by yourself. That's why God has given the church. Because wherever injustice is, there the church should be in all of its different members. But I want to encourage you to make this your disposition in the work of justice, to trust in the Lord and do good. Know that God is sovereign. Only he can bring about real justice, and he will. But do good where you are. We don't sit back and wait idly for God to come. Do good where you are. And it's important to remember, these things do not save you. These works of justice and mercy do not and cannot save you. There are a lot of people in the world right now trying to prove to themselves and to the world around them how good they are, how holy they are, how righteous and just they are by doing these things. They're trying to save themselves, even if that's not the language they would put to it. We are saved only by the grace of God in Jesus Christ dying for our sins, We are not saved by these works of justice, but we are saved for these works of justice. When injustice around us is overwhelming, we trust in the Lord and know that the kingdom of God is bigger. The kingdom of God is greater. It is more beautiful. It is more wonderful. It is better than anything that the world has to offer. And that is what we point towards. That is what we represent to the world. The church is given to the world to be salt and light, to be a distinct community set apart from the world. That word set apart means made holy. We're made holy and set apart for the world for the sake of the world. Pointing towards Jesus. Pointing towards and representing the kingdom that will bring real justice. We have a unique witness to give to biblical justice. And the world desperately needs this. 
for us to be a just church for an unjust world. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are sovereign over all of creation, that you are the creator, the sustainer of all things, and you are bringing all of history to an end. When your kingdom comes and your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. So we pray that, Lord, that your kingdom would come through us and in us for your glory's sake. Amen.